Okay, this year is going to complement the previous one um, in which we discussed the topic of stealing um, or not paying back uh, debt um, to non-Jews and um, those kinds of issues. And this one's a broader kind of topic uh, which relates to Kiddush Hashem and Chil Hashem, which, as we'll see, has real halachic uh, con- um, consequence and, and relevance. Um, on an ongoing basis, really, it uh, relates to the workplace, it relates to the way we conduct ourselves um, when we um, get gas, when we go into a store, um, when we interact with people in the world in any context. Um, so the uh, relevance of Kiddush Hashem and Chil Hashem is, uh, is really a, a very significant priority. Um, and um, sometimes people, I think, think themselves that, you know, that there's an interaction in which uh, they're not viewed necessarily in a positive kind of way. No, no, you know, so then, you know, it doesn't really matter that much. We're going to see um, that uh, the halacha um, is extremely uh, conscious and, and careful and strict in regard to these kinds of issues. So, firstly, there's a Gemara in Yuma, the famous Gemara in Yuma, that uh, deals with, um, you know, Chil uh, Gemara, first of all, tells us that Chil uh, is the most strict of all of Eros. Even the Gemara says in regard to um, uh, punishments of, of Kores, of Eros for which one receives a punishment of Kores or a punishment of Mitas Basin, um, the Kapara for those uh, for those kinds of averos, um, is more easily attained than in regard to Chil Hashem. In regard to Chil Hashem, uh, a final kapar can only take place when the person dies. Um, and the Gemara then discusses what Chil Hashem is, um, quotes uh, one of the Amorayim who said that, uh, for example, if he would take um, meat from the butcher and he wouldn't uh, pay immediately, um, and thereby you know, causing some kind of suspicion as to whether he's going to pay or not, um, that would constitute the Chil Hashem. Um, Rabbi Yochanan says in regard to himself, it would be if he would walk four amos without Torah and without Tzilin. Um And um, then the Gemara quotes another opinion that says, that uh, people would be embarrassed, the person's colleagues or friends would be embarrassed hearing about what, had, uh, what people were saying about him. Um, that would constitute Chil Hashem. So, this is what the Gemara describes about the Chil Hashem, clearly indicating that the Chil Hashem depends upon the stature of the individual and how people will view that person's actions. If they think that the person's actions are inconsistent with uh, what they otherwise know about how the person is supposed to behave, then that constitutes a Chil Hashem. Um, of great importance, the Gemara concludes this discussion um, with a Braitha, the famous Braitha which we mentioned last week, that the uh, darshans that the haftes Hashem lokecha, how do you love Hashem? That uh, you bring about the state shehishim shemayim misayv al yadcha. That uh, you have to make sure that Hakadosh Baruch Hu um, and the Torah is going to be upheld and and admired um, and loved, as opposed to the opposite. That would constitute hechil Hashem. If people say this is a wonderful person, you know, and this person obviously Torah had an impact upon this person, brought uh, about this kind of wonderful behavior. Um, then that's good. <coughs> that's a Kiddush Hashem. The opposite is a Chil Hashem. The Gemara concludes with a Pasuk in which the Gemara says, Pasuk means 
that uh, in regards to the Chil Hashem, that the nations of the world will say that look, this nation is in Golis, um Am Hashem either the nation of Hashem, and they were sent out of their land. Yatso Yatso. Rashi explains in this Gemara what is the relevance of this to the whole previous discussion that has to do with you know that you know that a person is supposed to behave in a way in which uh, Shem Hashem Shem Shemayim should be Nisayim should be loved as opposed to people having bad associations and, and connections to, um, to uh, Torah and to Kodesh Baruch So Rashi explains in the following way. He says that when a person, this is referring to Klai Yisrael, when Klai Yisrael um, acts in a way which is not appropriate, and they do Averos, and as a consequence they get punished, then this is what happens. The nations of the world um, say, he says explicitly, Shagolu b'neihem, that uh, the nation, the non-Jews, um, amongst whom the Jews now are found in Golis, that look, look what's happening to the nation of God, right? Basically, um, and as a consequence, the the Hakadosh Baruch Hu brings about a chilul of Shem Shemayim and the death and the, and uh, and decreases um, the the covet of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So, you see over here, it's interesting, the Gemara, in bringing a source for this concept that you have to make sure to bring about a Kiddush Hashem and not a Chil Hashem, the Gemara quotes a pasuk that has to do with how the nations of the world relate to Kla Yisrael. And that will determine whether the Kiddush Hashem or Chil Hashem. So, right there, that in and of itself is of great importance to see that uh, the nations of the world, um, the, the way that they view Kla Yisrael, and the way they would view individual Jews as well, as we're going to see, um, really is, uh, is, is a primary determination as to whether something constitutes a Kiddushem or Chilashem. Now, um, there is some discussion about defining what exactly Chilashem is. Uh, Rashi, interestingly, in his commentary in the Gemara, um, it says that a person who is a Mechal, is, 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 is creates a Chilashem, is Chote Machti Acherim, he not only sins himself, but he brings about others to sin. In other words, according to Rashi, it would seem that the primary component of Hil Hashem is that they, they will look at a person who's supposed to be, uh, you know, a person of integrity or a person who's observant, and then other people, they see an individual doing something wrong, or they think that he or she might be doing something wrong, then they will learn from that person's example. Um, and others emphasize the element of chashad, element of, uh, of, of, you know, of the person being suspect, suspect um, you know, them having suspicions about the individual's actions. One way or another, it brings us to this conclusion that, you know, that Chil uh, Hashem um, is, uh, is, 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 um, occurs when an individual um, does certain things or is suspected of doing certain things that seem inconsistent with what the person should be doing. Um, okay, another important point is that um, the famous mission in Pirkei says that in regards to Chil Hashem, Echad Hashem, that even B'Shogeg, there's an element of culpability, apparently more than other Averos, even if you do it by accident, because you're supposed to be on guard and really very cautious in regards to Chil Hashem in particular. Um, and um, Rabbi Wasserman quotes a, uh, a commentary, Rabbi Matisiyah who is quoted by, in, in turn, by other Rishonim. Um, so he was highly regarded in the time of the Rishonim, Reveals and Alboda, Barbanel. Others quote him. Um, he writes in that context that 
this means that a Tamil Chacham or a Jew amongst the other nations of the world. In other words, he's basically referencing the Gemara Numa that we mentioned before that indicates that it's a Tamil uh, Chacham who has to be especially careful about um, his actions because he's uh, scrutinized more, people will learn more from what the person does, and they expect more from an individual. So he actually transitions and mentions at the same time that you a Tamil Chacham has to be careful, but if a Jew is amongst non-Jews, then also that higher level of caution and uh, care in terms of how one acts is also significant. In other words, what it basically is saying is that a Jew, who's amongst non-Jews, has to look at oneself as that guggle, as that person who now is uh, representing Yiddishkeit to the world, world at large. Um, in terms of the definition of Chil Hashem, um, you know, the the, the, uh, the Kemach says that it's any time that a person does it something, his actions bring about a bizayon to Torah to mitzvot. Um, that's what Achil Hashem um, is. And interestingly enough as well, there's an important uh, um, added element which is introduced by the Maharal in the Yisib which seems to be connected to the Achil um, Hashem comes apparently from the word halal, like a void or a vacuum that you know you, you've created as opposed to bringing Hashem's presence to make it known in the world so it's as if you created this vacuum right where Hashem's presence is not known in the world um, so he says that it's, it's the Kiddush Hashem, Hashem depends upon whether it brings people closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu or causes Rikul distance right so if it causes a disconnect from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that creates a kind of Chil um, people see uh, from Jew and they see the person doing things that are not appropriate that distances those people from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, because otherwise if they admire that individual they'll say oh so then there's this Torah there's this uh, you know there's this um, people that uphold a value system it'll bring the individual closer and the opposite happens when um, when someone acts in a way which is incongruous with Torah Mitzvah now question comes up as to whether you find the Chorus in Tanakh in regard to this that Chil uh, relates to non-Jews you know they have non-Jews so this is something which is throughout um, Tanakh. Um, Avram Avinu, when he appealed to Makaj um, Baruch to save stone, used the expression Chalila Lacha and Yasos um, Kadavar Hazet. And in the Medrash it says Chalila Lacha Chilul Shem Shemayim Yishpadavar. The Medrash says Chilul Lacha means to say that it's a Chilul Shem Shemayim. You're going to defecate because of defecation of Shem's name. Obviously, at that point in time, it would have been the eyes of the nations of the world, the people that surrounded Avram Avinu. And uh, we find as well in a couple of different places in the Moshe Rabbeinu appeals to HaKadosh Baruch Hu to save Tzvah Yisrael when Hashem considers maybe destroying them. So then he says, In other words, Rabbi Achil Hashem is Kalifah gets destroyed. Think of how the nations of the world will view this. And similarly, in, um, in Bamidbar Yudalid, um, that uh, he also says, "Vayomer Moshe Hashem b'shamu mitzrayim ki alisu b'chol chachoyat ha'amaz eni kibbo." The other Ramban explains that uh, this means that if you will destroy Klal Yisrael, v'nei yeh bezechil l'Hashem, it'll cause a chil l'Hashem. So clearly, um, that what the nations of the world think of uh, the, the 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 fate of Klal Yisrael, what the, the way they look at it, um, is uh, determinant of whether there will be a chil l'Hashem or not. Um, when Klai is thriving, then that constitutes more of a Kiddush Hashem, and when Klai is suffering, 
um, or the potential for being destroyed in those contexts, that would be a Hill Hashem. This we find in Tehillim as well. I'm not going to go through all the Pesukim, but um, um, we find this in multiple places in Tehillim. Um, the Makoros that uh, we've reviewed um, indicate uh, that very clearly. Um, and in particular, I'll just bring your attention again to that Pasuk in Yechestel, which is in Yechestel, Lamedvav, Pasuk Chaf, Vayavol Adoyim Asher Bov Shom Lechalu Hashem Kachi, um, the 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 Kalayifer when sent into Golos will come to the nations of the world, um, you know, when they go into Golos, and they will desecrate my name, my holy name. How they will bring about a Chil Hashem because they will say, look, this is the nation of God, of Hashem, and they left their land, they were sent into Golos. Look how they're suffering. Um, and this, as we said, the Gemara in Yuma quotes as a support for this um, idea that you constantly have to be. Uh, have to have a mission and a, a goal of uh, bringing about Kiddush Hashem as opposed to Chil Hashem through your actions. The Gemara quotes this pasuk as the proof, and Rashi on the Gemara, as we noted before, um, explains exactly this: that this how the nations of the world look at Klai Yisrael um, brings about the uh, Kiddush Hashem or a Chil Hashem. Um, and let's turn now to a, um, a couple of incidents that we find in Tanakh that indicate very clearly that um, this uh, idea of of, uh, of avoiding the Chil Hashem and um, actually these two incidents should be well known they were discussed and note the sources in the Gemara as well that, that, uh, that elaborate upon this and they very powerfully um, um, convey this idea that um, how the nations of the world view the actions of Klai Yisrael um, is, uh, is of critical importance in Yeshua uh, Say for Yeshua, Perek Tess, um, the Navi described how when Klaisa was conquering Eretz Yisrael, so the Givonim became very afraid that uh, they were going to get, become conquered, that they were going to be conquered as well. And therefore they came up with a ruse in which they approached Yeshua and they said, we were from a faraway country and we want to make a bris with you. And Yeshua then went ahead and made, they made a bris and then it was discovered that in fact they were from Canaan and this was in this was a, a deception. Um, they had lied, and um, then it became a question: What are they going to do? They've made a risk with them. They're not going to fight with them and destroy them. But it turns out that it was all based upon a lie. So the um, the Tzukim in Sefer Yoshua um, say that um, that the the sorry, the Tzukim in Sefer Yoshua. Um, mentioned that uh, there was a decision that they were going to carry out the um, bris in any case um, because of the fact that they had made a shavua, they had, they, they, you know, they had made an oath um, with them, and then they made them into, you know, chotvei etim and shavei They said that because this was all based upon this deception, so therefore they're going to serve Klai Yisrael. Now, the Gemara asked this question. The Gemara says, Marin Gittin asked the question, what, how could the Shavuah be effective? The whole Shavuah was, the Kalifil took was because of this deception. They thought they were other people. But now they found out that they're Kanamim, right, and that they lied, so the Shavuah obviously didn't take effect. And the Gemara says, the reason why the Shavuah took effect was because of Kedushas Hashem. And Rashi there explains, it shouldn't be perceived that Klai Yisrael had violated their oath. And this we find in other sources as well. The Rambam, for example, formulates this. He says that they should have been killed 
according to the letter of the law. But on the other hand, um, the Raman says, Lule Shil Hashem, if it hadn't been for the, for the fact that this would cause a desecration of Hashem's name. You see over here something which is quite astonishing, that who, they would created the Shil Hashem, obviously, self-evidently, in the eyes of non-Jews, right? The nations that surround Eretz Yisrael, and the nations in Eretz Yisrael. And nonetheless, because of the Shil Hashem, which would have occurred, um, therefore, Kalah Yisrael decided, even though they were not really bound, according to Halacha, by the oath that they had taken, they decided they had to adhere to it. Now then, there is yet another incident, which is described in regard to David and the Givonim. The, the Gemara in Yevamos Das Ein Chesem and Beis Ein Chesem and Aleph elaborates upon this. And the Navi there says that there was a famine for three years in Eretz Yisrael. The Gemara says that uh, David... Um, examined each year that maybe the famine was due to a certain set of Averos and each time they found out, no, they hadn't done those Averos, they hadn't done those Averos. Finally, he turned to the Urim Tumim and he received a kind of nevuah from a, a nevuah from a Kavosh Baruch which Hashem said, there are two Averos that are causing this. Number one, that Shaul did not receive a proper hespate, a proper eulogy. That was number one. Number two, because the language which is used is because that he had killed the Givonim. So the Gemara talks about the question, what does it mean he killed the Givonim? When he killed the Givonim? In what context had the Givonim been killed? So it's, the Gemara explains that what had occurred was the following. Shol HaMelech, when pursuing David, um, perceived that no Yerachonim had sided with David. Therefore, he wiped out no Yerachonim. And the Givonim worked, apparently, with and for the Kohanim. And therefore, the Kohanim gave them a lot of what their sustenance was, food, etc., you know, uh, food, water, um, they needed to, that the Givonim needed in order to survive. And when he killed, it was an indirect, it was, a, it was an indirect consequence, but by killing the out, nose, Ira Kohanim, so then as a consequence, the Givonim apparently suffered enormously, and this was considered, it was tantamount as if he had killed them. Now, so, then what happened? What occurred? So, so the, again, the the the, the uh, David approaches the Givonim and says, "So, what can I do?" They say, "We're not interested in money. We actually want to take revenge against Shaul's family." It says in the Gemara that David tried desperately to appease them and to try to get them to agree to something else, and they were not pacified, and they were insistent that this is what they had to do. So. The uh, ultimately, David turns to Akash Baruch Hu, and Akash Baruch Hu then confirmed that this is what's supposed to be done. And uh, the Gemara explains in some detail about how seven members of Shaul's family were chosen, um, and um, these people were put to death. And the Gemara asks, how in the world is this possible? Ultimately, it was Shaul's sin. Whatever had happened was Shaul's fault. He had done this. Why are his why members of his family being put to death, isn't this a possible in the Torah? Well, yumsu avos ablanim. That you don't put together the children because of the sins of the father. So the Gemara comes up with the following expression, mutav shepeyokeros achas min ha-Torah shem shamayim b'perhetim. That the letter of the Torah should be uprooted rather than, than there being a chil Lashem. An astonishing statement that in order to prevent chil Lashem, that people will relate to the way that the Givonim had been treated as if there's something wrong with Kalei behavior, in order to prevent that from happening, so therefore, there's 
the, there's a, there's a special stock from Akkadish Baruch in this particular context that uh, the members of Shola's family, in fact, do have to be put to death. Some of the Rishonim explain that they must have been culpable in some way, shape, or form to de- deserving to die. Otherwise, it's very difficult for us to understand that. But Afal Pichain, there was no death penalty, you know, which was issued against them. This was the, the final this reason for the decision they should be put to death was in order to prevent the Shalashem from occurring. And the Gemara even goes on to say, but something else occurred that is highly disturbing and seems inconsistent with the laws of the Torah, which is that it says in the Psukim, effectively, that they were left out, the corpses were left out for a very extended period of time and they weren't buried. And this is a violation of, the Gemara says there, it was a violation of the Allah that you have to bury someone, you can't leave the body out. And the Gemara again says, It's consistent with the same theme, that rather than bring about a Chil Hashem, this is supposed to bring about a Kiddush Hashem. And the Gemara elaborates and says the following, people would pass by, they would see the corpses hanging, and they would ask, who are these people? And they said that these are princes from Shaul's family. What did they do that they um, had not related properly or not taken care of? They somehow were, were inconsiderate of uh, people who were, you know, converts um, of a lowly status, the Kalayisra, and because they had acted in such a fashion, so therefore they were put to death. And this created, the Gemara says, a sense that of, amongst non-Jews in the area there's no nation that one would want to cleave to more than such a nation that has such a, such a high standard of morals that they would even put princes to death for having taken advantage of or mistreated um, these uh, lowly converts and then as a consequence the Gemara says that there were 150,000 people who then converted um, to Judaism at that point in time the Gemara taken as a whole is absolutely incredible. It's interesting that it's the second stage in regard to the whole, you know, issue with the Givonim. The same Givonim who really shouldn't have even become part of Kalal Yisrael because the whole bris um, was based upon deceit. And then they were brought in in order to avoid Chil Hashem. And then in this context, they, the, 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 uh, the, the, family, members of the family of Shaul HaMelech were put to death in order to prevent the Chil Hashem because the Yibonim were mistreated and in an indirect kind of way. And then even the bodies were left out um, in order to create a Kiddush Hashem in order for people to get the opposite impression that uh, we have a nation of very high standards. Obviously this is very difficult to understand from a certain perspective, but no doubt it does really underscore um, the importance of uh, preventing a Chil Hashem and creating a Kiddush Hashem amongst the nations of the world. Now, we did talk about some of the other sources which we have here last week about the Tosefta of Bavakama that says that stealing from a non-Jew is even worse than stealing from a Jew because of Chil Hashem. Nismag, Savior Mitzvah Zagod of Ramosh Mikutzi, in two different places, he says about himself that he would darshan, he would give drashos, he would, he would talk publicly about this idea that the Klai Yisrael there can be absolutely no deceit, no lying, no falsehood, no cheating in any which way of non-Jews. Um, and in, in one place, in uh, the Mitzvah's Asay, Simon Ayin Galad, he discusses it, and he says that if um, Jews behave this way, then, then when HaKadosh Baruch comes to take us out of Golos, the nations, the nations of the world will say, well, 
people of such integrity, people who adhere to Emmet, so then obviously they're deserving of this. And if Chastor Sholem, he says the opposite is true, and they have a, a dim, you know, poor um, um, a way of relating to us, then the Smag says, the Sefer Mitzvah Sagadol says, that uh, they're going to um, say, well, why are they deserving of this? And he uses very harsh language. He says, they're going to say, why did the Kaddish Baruch Hu choose people who are um, cheaters and and, um, and 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 people who steal um, as uh, as a nation they chose? So this is a very very strong sentiment which is expressed by the Sman about how important it is um, to avoid any Chil Hashem which might come from dishonest behavior and in general um, as well um, in any in any context whatsoever. Um, the the Kadakemach of Rabbeinu Bachai also has a similar discussion. I'm, I'm sorry, not the Kadakemach. He discussed the Kadakemach as well, but in his commentary on Vayikra Perakafei, there he says that uh, if a person um, is dishonest and non-Jews are um, witness to, to this, then the person is no sin dofi be'amunas Yisrael the Torah Moshe. That the person is is causing people to re- think that the the faith of the Jewish people and the Torah is defective, and that he says constitutes a um, a Hashem. There's a very interesting halacha which um, also conveys this uh, the importance of avoiding a Hashem and how actually avoiding a Hashem um, can be we can sometimes more strict, you know, for, in regard to non-Jews um, than in regard to Jews. There's a gemara erechin da'avavamid beis. And this is Paskins, if you want to say Paskins in the Shulchan Aruch, in the Yeridea. But it uh, says the following, if you have a Jewish person who donates um, something like a menorah or some other kind of candle to a Beis HaKnefes, so you're not allowed to change it to a different purpose. Um, the Gemara says, contrast this with a non-Jewish person, and the Gemara says, in regard to a non-Jewish person, if the person's name is still attached to it, in other words, the people are cognizant of the person who donated it, so then the, then you're not allowed to change it to another purpose. In regard to a Jewish person, you could change it to another purpose. In regard to a non-Jewish person, you're not allowed to. And the Gemara says, why? Why in regard to a non-Jewish person are you not allowed to change it to a different purpose? Why can't you use the menorah or the nair for a different purpose? The Gemara says, because Ovid the Ovid will cry out. He's thrilled, but a Jewish person will not cry out. What does this mean? So, that cries out, and the non-Jewish person will cry out and says, what do you mean? That's not what I gave it for. I gave it to the shul. I gave it to the Beis HaKnesset. And the Rishonim, this is in the Shuvah of the Rosh, and the Shuvah of the Rosh, as well, the Shach quotes this. Basically, what they say is the following. In regard to a non-Jewish person, in regard to a Jewish person, let's say a Jewish person says, why in the world are you using it for a different purpose? I gave it for this purpose. So then, you turn to the Jew and you explain to him that this is Allah, and that's why it's permissible, and you have the Zabayim of the Beis HaKnesset who have the jurisdiction over the Beis HaKnesset, and they're able to do it. And explain, and he has to accept, because that's Allah. If to a non-Jewish person, they effectively explain that this is going to go over the person's head. He doesn't know what you're talking about. He's going, I don't understand. I don't understand. I donated it for this purpose, for the Beis HaKnesset. How can you take it for a different purpose? And as a result, he will cry out, and they explain that what this results in is a Chil Hashem. In other words, in regard to the, there's a context in which you have a certain standard, a way in which you have to, um, you have to uh, behave, because in regard to the non-Jewish person, in regard to the Jewish person, you're not concerned. Because in regard to the Jewish person, you know, the person is supposed to be following Allah, 
and uh, they're upset about it, they're upset about it. And if it's a non-Jewish person, though, um, there's a, even more of a need for the person to be, um, for, for the, to be careful that the person uh, not have a negative view of what Jewish people are doing. And this is actually integrated into the halacha itself. Um, and again, sometimes you have to be careful how to, how to, how to apply such a, such a halacha. In other words, another context when it might, when you might extrapolate from this one. But this halacha in and of itself is, uh, obviously, um, sends a very powerful message about avoiding a chil Hashem, um, amongst non-Jews. Um, there's another famous story that we should take note of that also emphasizes the importance of creating a Kiddush Hashem, and that is the famous uh, Medrash um, in regard to Shimon ben Shetach. Medrash gives a short version of it um, and says that Shimon ben Shetach uh, bought a donkey once from an Arab, and then they found a precious stone around its neck. Um, they, the Talmudim were all excited. They said, Birchas Hashem, he thought you that this is another bracha of a Kaddish Baruch Hu to bring you affluence. A Kaddish Baruch Hu obviously wants you to be rich. And the Medrash says that Rabbi Shimon ben Shetach replied, Chamor lakachti, Evan Tovah lakachti. I bought a donkey. I didn't buy a precious stone. It's not mine. And he returned it to the um, Arab, and then as a result, this Arab, the Shema'eli, um, said, Baruch Hashem, Elokei Shimon ben Shetach. Shimon ben Shetach. He says, praise this God, this uh, God of Shimon ben Shetach. In other words, he says, such a God, such a Torah, right, a person to, to, to behave with such honesty and integrity, it, it impressed him to such a degree. And this, that's what the Gemara says, obviously it's considered to be a Kiddush Hashem. This is the, the Medrash. There is a Yushalmi, which elaborates upon even more. Um, and uh, the Yushalmi actually um, amongst other things, says that when the Talmud master Shem Ben Shatach, he actually asked him, he said, this is not utter. Why, is, why are you not holding on to it? Technically, it's not utter. He said, Shem Ben Shatach says, what? You think that I'm interested in affluence? You think I'm interested in keeping something such as this, which wasn't really mine? Well, I'm interested in creating a Kiddush Hashem. I want, says in the Yushalmi, that Shem Ben Shatach said, I want this person to say, Baruch Hashem, okay, Shem Ben Shatach. I want this to be said. So this was, uh, makes it even more dramatic that this is what the Shimon ben Shetach did. In any case, I'm not going through the Yushalmi in detail, even though it is very interesting and it quotes other examples of such behavior. What we'll conclude with is the following. Last week, we had mentioned that there's a Pirsha Mishnai for the Ramam in Mesechah's Kalim, Perakyubeis, that uh, talks about the same kind of idea. The Rambam there says that people make a mistake and they think that they're allowed to be dishonest with non-Jews etc. He says, absolutely wrong, it's incorrect, it's terrible. And the Raman concluded, we saw last week by saying that if people go ahead and do this, one of the issues, in addition to the Chil Hashem, which he emphasizes powerfully as a very in- important independent idea, he says, as a consequence of such behavior, behavior, a person will develop terrible midos. He quotes Apostle he says, Ki Hashem kol ose kol ose A person who does these kinds of things is doing something which is a toiv and abomination, which the Ram seems to be saying means that, that if you do something which is a toiv, it doesn't make a difference who you do it with, it'll become part of you. It'll, it'll, it'll affect you. It'll impact upon you. It will corrupt you. It will corrode your sense of right and wrong. Um, and the, the Ram says it'll affect that one person's midos. And this is, um, consistent with other sources which tell us that um, m- midos are all or nothing. In other words, 
a little bit of an exaggeration, but just to, to explain, if a person wants to be honest, then he has to be honest across the board. Honest in certain contexts and dishonest in other contexts means that a person ultimately is not going to be an honest person. You need consistency in regard to Mido. Um, and therefore, um, that's what the Raman here says, it will inculcate or bring about a sense of Mido throws in the person if the person is dishonest in regard to non-Jews. And this actually is a Tanah de Beilio. The Tanah de Beilio is very fascinating. Tanah de Beilio, Pasha Chavav, um, it, 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 uh, it corresponds, it seems to be parallel to the famous Gemara in Yuma that we mentioned before in Dach Tevav, that there's this obligation, that that you have to act in a way in which you bring about a Kiddush Hashem, not Hashem, very much corresponds with that Gemara, but the Tan de Beli concludes in the following way. A person should distance oneself from stealing from a Jew or a non-Jew. So I feel call them should book anybody. Don't skip from anybody. And then listen to what it says. You steal from a non-Jew, you're going to end up stealing from a Jew. If you take, an, if you're dishonest and you take an oath in vain, say something untrue to a non-Jew, you'll end up doing it to a Jew. And it goes on to say, if you deny things that are not true, right, that they, you know, you're dishonest and you, deni- and you deny things, you know, even the, 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 when a person asks you for money or something else, you'll end up doing it to a Jew. Even murder, even in terms of violence, if you're violent towards a non-Jew, you'll end up doing it to Jews as well. So, the Gemara says that this is, the Medrash, I'm sorry, says, the Tanavilio says, this, is what happens to an individual who's dishonest in relation to non-Jews. It corrupts the person's personality. It, it creates midosaros. So this, of course, is a, um, another source which, uh, which, um, which corresponds to what the Raman says, that uh, as a result of such behavior, it will bring about midosaros. So we've seen very we- very, in a very uh, clear-cut kind of way, there are many sources which talk about the importance of avoiding a chil Hashem, um, in the eyes of uh, non-Jews, um, and the obligation to create a Kiddush Hashem in the eyes of, of non-Jews, and uh, as well, the, um, it's also important because a person has to try to develop midos that are going to be consistent right, to um, all situations and uh, all circumstances.